Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show where we cover soccer in Atlanta, all over the state of Georgia, the southeast, and beyond. But this week's edition is going to get you ready for MLS Cup. It's this weekend in Columbus, Ohio. The crew are hosting LAFC. And tonight's show will get you ready for the big match. And we'll also look back at the 2023 MLS season and Look, maybe look forward a little bit to 2024. We're going to kick things off in segment one with our good friend Kevin Egan, one of the voices of MLS on Apple TV. What's up, Kev? Jason, what a great joy it is to join you guys and everybody listening to 92.9 right now. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's good to catch up. And we could go on and on about MLS in 2023 all year long. But I want to start with this. I don't know how many people had Columbus and LAFC together on their bingo card in the final. When the playoffs started, did you think this is where we might end up? It's my final in my bracket. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. In fact, the only the only game, and, and again, this is a lot of it's pure luck, but I, I felt that going into the playoffs, I hate saying this against Atlanta United, but I felt Columbus would beat Atlanta. And I felt, I was looking at the matchups thinking, I don't know if this Wilfred Nancy team is being stopped right now. They're that good. And then on the flip side, LAFC and the path that they needed to, to navigate didn't seem overly difficult, although it did include a trip to Lumen Field and beating Seattle on their home turf. And I, I have that. Uh, this is the final. I have Columbus winning it on Saturday. The one matchup I got wrong in my bracket, which derailed my bracket a little bit, was I actually had the Red Bulls beating Cincinnati in wow. round one. Wow. Because it came at a time when there were some questions about Cincinnati. There were one or two questions about even, you know, Celentano and goal. In the lead-up to the playoffs, there were some questions about the young goalkeeper and um, the over-reliance on Lucio Acosta. There were some injury concerns. You had the Bupenza situation pre-decision day. Um, and then the Red Bulls were firing. Like, they looked so good in that wildcard match against Charlotte that I thought, we could see a major upset here. And I'll roll with it. Because if I get it right, you know, I'm going to hit a home run here. But I didn't. I got it wrong. And, and the, the final, though, has, has come true for me. And I have Columbus hosting LFC. See, I had 
Cincinnati getting knocked out the next week against Philadelphia. That was where I thought it would end for them. And let's just let's start with Cincinnati and just kind of how things ended for them. You thought they'd get knocked out a week earlier or two weeks earlier. I thought it'd be the week before they end up losing to the in-state rivals in Columbus. This was your supporter shield team, but they didn't finish the way the first half of the season went for them. They didn't. Um, but but in major moments, they really produce uh, toward toward the end of the season. There were some games that I I, I got to cover Cincinnati and um, look when they when they won the supporter shield in Toronto, they definitely took their foot off the gas just a little bit, and then they started to ramp it up again on decision day against Atlanta. There was a real feel for me, and you were there as well that they, they were also protecting themselves. They Love wanted it. to make sure they hit the playoffs in good health, and um, I I thought Cincinnati were looking good. I just I had question marks around the over-reliance of Lucio Acosta. And honestly, there was one quote that Pat Noonan kept saying throughout the entire year. Every time we cover Cincinnati, we'd ask him about Lucio and, and his unwillingness to leave the field. And Pat would nearly joke about it at times and say, look, I can't take him off. I can't rest him. He wants to play every minute. And Jason, that killed him. Mm-hmm. It really killed him in the conference final because Lucio needed to be off the field. And I thought that the commentary team of, of Jake and Taylor... Jake Divin, Taylor Twelman did a great job of recognizing that early. And then that became a theme watching the game at home. I'm, I'm pulling my hair out thinking this could have been Brandon Vasquez, you know, full of energy in these final moments, giving you more than Lucho was able to give you. But what a conundrum for the coach yeah. in that moment. And do you take off your MVP? If I'm in Pat's shoes, I probably don't take him off either. Yeah, I don't think you can. But I think what jumped out to me in that is the guys who came on didn't do the running that they had to do for Lucho. I yeah. mean, when, when you have your MVP, that guy, that talisman, and you can see he can't run. He, he can still impact things. He almost had a one-two that created an opportunity in extra time. But when he can't run, if you just came into the match, you better be running double time for him. And that didn't happen. That was surprising. And he shouldn't have been in the area of the field that he was in 100%. When, he, when he coughed up possession. Like, yep. if he can't run... I mean, we, we've seen it at times with when Messi needs to preserve energy. Put him as the nine. Throw like, him up top. Exactly, exactly. And cover your flanks. Don't give up the ball easy. And, and, and they turn the ball over and it costs them. And, and this is why, look, I love Pat Noonan. Remarkable job this year. I voted for him for coach of the year as well. But I do think that the coach of the year and the player of the year, MVP, it needs to play out through the playoffs. You can't have these decisions made by decision day. Do you agree or disagree? I I agree. I absolutely agree. I waited when I got my voting for the the awards. I waited until the last minute, till after decision day. I didn't want to turn it in early because I wanted to see how it played out for as long as we possibly could. But you're right. It has a different feel after the playoffs. With what did you vote for? For which one? Coach of the year. Ben Olsen. Nice. I voted for Ben Olsen. I thought what he did in Houston was the most impressive coaching job of the season. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna I, I voted for Pat Noonan for the simple fact that and anyone listening, this is a coach that, you know, inherited a side that were back to back to back bottom place team of the league. I mean, I don't know of another sports franchise in US sports history that's entered the major leagues and finished dead last for the first three years. And this guy comes in, has a wonderful relationship with the sporting director. And they form this winning team and, and they get a tune out of players that had no right to be on the field and wouldn't have been on the field in many in most MLS teams. And they become an incredibly successful team, fifth in the Eastern Conference in 2022, win the Supporter Shield 2023. And for that alone, I think 
I think he deserves coach of the year, but but Olsen, spot on. Oscar Pereja, Bradley Carnell, Wilfred Nancy, everything he's yeah, achieved in Columbus. Wilfred especially. There's been some great debates this year, and I really wish our game was on a different platform with national media coverage because the, the Bradley Carnell, Pat Noonan, coach of the year debate would have been one that, that the likes of a Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and all these guys would have loved. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we need a couple of those kinds of guys in the game. Not too much. I don't want to be yelling all the time about this <laughs> stuff. Um, what are some other big takeaways for you in MLS in 2023? Covering the entire league this year with Apple TV and, and getting to visit so many different places and see pretty much everybody around the league. What are your other big takeaways as we end the season? Well, Major League Soccer is consistently unpredictable. <laughs> yep. you, you you go into a season how many major experts jason last year said win or bust for toronto <laughs> win or bust i'll never i'm reading matt doyle you know on mls soccer and, and i love matt and, and and he says it's win or bust for this toronto team because they've got bernardeski they've got insignia they, they've got to win it and Tor- toronto were what second last in the supporter Ooh, shield standings yeah dreadful. last place in the east pathetic an awful, woeful season. Um, Cincinnati, I didn't have him win the Supporter Shield, but you, you certainly had him in, maybe in that upper echelon conversation. Yeah. I think overall, it's just the fact that nobody's repeated since uh, LA Galaxy and I, I believe 11-12, right? Nobody's repeated right. the champion since then. LAFC have that opportunity on Saturday. Tells you everything about how difficult Major League Soccer is to meander through throughout the entirety of the season, get that home field advantage, and then try to capitalize on that. It's been a joy. It's been first year with Apple TV for us. So teething problems throughout. But overall, I think I'm, I'm really proud of everything we've done. That, and it's only going to grow as we continue to get used to streaming as a consumer, you know, with, yeah. with our TV products. So it's, uh, it, it's just such a fun league to cover. And I think we have the dream final. I really do. With the way Columbus plays under Wilfred Nancy, such an attractive style. I really love this team. And I know you do too. Yeah. You couldn't find a more diametrically opposed team in so many ways as LAFC right now because they're kind of – I don't really like watching them play. They're no, so- they've completely changed. It's yeah. so fascinating, and that's one of the stories that with everything going on that, that maybe has been under the radar, Steve Chirondolo came in, and remember the conversations that we would have about LAFC at the end of Bob Bradley's run. It was – Maybe they risk too much. It's too mm-hmm. wide open. It's too attack-minded. They need that steal in the middle. Terundolo has completely flipped it the other way to where they're defensive. They play on the counter, and they're great on the counter, but they don't really want the ball anymore. It, it's been yeah. such a shocking change. Yeah, it has. And and it's led to like I, chaotic football at times where mm-hmm. you've got Buanga, who's – you know, the golden boot winner in Major League Soccer. He's, he's a Gabon international. He's an electric player that LFC brought in from France. He gets the ball in the counterattack, and there's no one more exciting. But at times, it's it's chaotic. Yeah. And at times, I'm pulling my hair out thinking, like, what? how has this club transformed so much in the last few years, as you mentioned? And Columbus in the same way, only this time they're so dominant yeah, on the ball. The other and way. and I, I, I think that I left that conversation, or I left the game, excuse me, on Saturday, the Cincinnati-Columbus game with my, my my big takeaway was Darlington Nagby for me is the greatest central midfielder in MLS history. Yeah. And he could he could truly 
enter that conversation with the majority of people on Saturday if he wins his fourth MLS Cup, three different teams, the consistency he's had throughout his time, whether it be with the league, going back to his college days, winning Mac Herman Trophy. Uh, I just, I love him as a player. And I hope he gets the recognition in time because he's so soft-spoken and he's not the type to shout from the rooftops about how great he is. But I hope he gets the recognition in time for the career that he's had in this league. Yeah, I think he's getting that now. And you're right. If if they end up winning this this MLS Cup, I don't think you can deny it. When when you look at just how difficult that position is, and the way Columbus plays it is fascinating to me with, with Morris and Nagby, yeah. who neither one is really a six, and it's a true pairing with everything floating around them. The eight position in the way that Darlington plays it, and we saw it here in Atlanta and you saw it in Portland before, it's the hardest role to fill to play it like he does, where he can impact both sides of the ball and is just that connector all day long. Yeah, and I'd argue it was it was even easier for him in Atlanta because <clears throat> he had a natural – he had a destroyer yeah, at times, yeah. you know, and the likes of – of, of Remedi, you know, or mm-hmm. Jeff Laurentowitz that could play in that position. Now you're right. Like Morris will go. And yeah. but he's made Morris so much better. Aiden Morris oh, 100%. Is, a, is a class act now. You watch him play. He's brilliant on the ball. He'll get, he'll run all day long. And then when you see the tactical, you know, nuance of, of the way Columbus plays and you see Steven Marrera as a center back will step in as that central midfielder at times. They're, they're very advanced and they're fully in sync, which is why it's so impressive to me how they're all swimming in the same direction as a team. And and people talk about Columbus, but all this, they have all this freedom to do. They have freedom within the confines of what Wilfred Nancy wants. Exactly. And that's what I love to watch them play. I, I like LAFC in a different way. They're chaotic. It's a bit mad. It's a bit like monster truck derby type enjoyment. Um, but you put both of them together at the weekend and we're in for a fascinating final. That's the first time in my life I've heard Monster Truck Darby. I love it. Did I just it. say that? Did I really just You did. Say you said it. You said it out loud. I loved it. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's been a wild year. We haven't even talked about Lionel Messi coming to the league, and now we're going to get a full that. season of him next year. How about that? Oh, man. What a, what a story. And that, that really did dominate the, the middle part of the season. Yeah. The League's Cup felt like a, a total break. The League's Cup was a massive success. I love it. felt so privileged to be part of the, I was hosting the League's Cup final from Nashville. And there was a moment where I'm sitting with Moadu, Bradley Roy Phillips, Sasha Kleshen, three legends in the league. And we're, we're looking at the, the stadium, the atmosphere. I thought for a second we were at Borussia Dortmund. The way, yeah. the, way the, the supporters section, you know, just took over that stadium. And uh, the, 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 the fireworks, the, the fact that Messi was there, the fact that, again, we had, a diametrically opposed team in the way they play to Miami and and Messi. Then Messi's goal was magic. Everything about the whole summer and Messi's arrival was just a beautiful story. Now you look ahead and you think Messi's given himself a true preseason here. Mm-hmm. A true preseason. I mean, I get it. He's 36, but like they, Miami, how is it winner bust for them? Are we saying the same thing about Miami that folks were saying about Toronto? Oh, let's see what the rest of these rosters look like. We still have a lot of time with free agency, with the transfer window. It's going to be like, I love that there isn't really much of an off season as we get ready for this, because there will be stories between now and first kick in, in 2024 that will drive this narrative. But before we finish up this segment, 
I got to get a prediction from you from Columbus and LAFC on Saturday. I think I know which way you're going to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for Columbus. Yeah. And I think we will, I think we're going to have goals. I so do last year is, is widely regarded as the greatest MLS Cup final ever. But is it for you? I'm not sure if, if it is. It's up there. Yeah, it has to be, I think, just because of the pure chaos out of it. Yeah. And I ask Jason all these questions, folks, because Jason is the historian. Jason is the godfather. If you're listening to this show and you don't check it out too often, make Atlanta Soccer Tonight your home for your soccer listening because Jason Longshore is an education every time you listen to him. Um, I think we're going to see, uh, we're going to have goals. We are going to have excitement. We're going to have fireworks. I love the fact that it's at four o'clock Eastern, right? So it's going to yeah. be dark by the time like the, the closing sequence of the game comes in. And, and I think we're going to have a four, three thriller. I'm going to go Columbus to take it four, three, four, three. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know if I can handle this, but I'm Last all in for that game. Here. Yeah, I am all in for that game if that's what we get. Kevin, thank you so much for taking some time for me today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Jason. Thanks, Mill. We'll be back in five minutes on 92.9 The Game with Danny Higginbotham, one of the analysts on Apple TV's MLS season pass. We'll break everything down between Columbus and LAFC. Stay with us on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. You heard from one member of the Apple TV MLS season pass team, Kevin Egan, in segment one. You're going to hear from another here in segment two, somebody that I've gotten to know over the season, Danny Higginbotham, joining us now on 92.9 The Game. Danny, thanks for the time. Oh, my pleasure, Jason. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Would be doing better if Atlanta United had made <laughs> it to the MLS Cup final, but I feel like we talked about this when the playoff bracket came out. Columbus was the team that I did not want to see for mm-hmm. Atlanta United, and I feel like that's been echoed by everybody who's played them. You've had a chance to watch this playoff journey for the crew. What makes them that team that nobody wants to play? The flexibility 
Um, I think players understanding their role, players that can play in many different positions and they have more than one way to win. Um, I think over this season, I, co I covered Columbus very first game under Wilfred Nancy at Philadelphia Union. And I remember the first half, Columbus completely dominated Philadelphia Union. Um, and it ended up being 1-1 at halftime. And that wasn't a justifiable score at that time. And then in the second half, Philadelphia Union took control and they ended up winning the game 4-1. But you could see it was a work in progress. You could see that it was a group of players that had had a pre-season with Wilfred Nancy, knew what Wilfred Nancy wanted from them, but at that point, because it had been such a short amount of time, they reverted to tight when things started to go against them. But then, as we've seen over the season, as it's developed, you've now got players playing in different positions. You've got Amundsen now. He's a left-sided um, left centre-back rather than a left-wing-back or a left-back. Um, you've obviously got the partnership of Morris and Nagby. We've obviously seen what's happened with Marrera, the position that he plays. And... They're just such an interesting team to watch. Um, I've been asked this question a few times this year, which is the team that I love covering? And it's Columbus, because speaking to Wilfred Nancy, I've been fortunate enough to have a few one-on-one -on -one chats with him, and he's, he's the kind of coach that you can just chat to all day because of the way he sees the game, and you can have a really good football chat with him. Um, and the way that he goes about his preparation for games, you know, he has a structure, but within that structure, there's freedom for the players. And they always seem to figure things out. Yes, they concede, you know, they, they had conceded a number of goals. That was my concern going into the playoffs. We obviously saw what happened in Atlanta, but then all of a sudden they go to Orlando, keep a clean sheet. They go to Cincinnati, they're 2-0 down, come back and win the game. And this is a team that is evolving incredibly quick it's a group of players that they probably had everything that they thought about football probably stripped back because Wilfred Nancy sees the game in a different way and for him to have got them to MLS Cup in his first season in charge and the players adapting to his style of play it's absolutely brilliant what they've done and I think the final is just going to be so fascinating I want to get into LAFC here in a minute, but mm. uh, let's stay on Columbus for a second because what's so interesting to me about this team and coming into the playoffs, this was a very first half kind of team. In the regular season, they scored so many of their goals in the first half. They didn't concede hardly at all in the first half. Second half, maybe tired legs. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just fluky the way the season goes. But in this postseason, especially these last two games, They've looked like the fresher team late. They looked like the fresher team easily in Cincinnati after playing extra time the week before. Is it just having that flexibility or is it that belief in the system that you think gets the crew through those tough moments that they've had in this postseason? It's dominating possession. It's dominating possession. So one of the things that stands out, people, people will talk about Columbus when they have the ball. They are very, very good with the ball, their movement, their third man runs. And then people will also talk about, well, hang on a second, when they lose the ball, how quick are they in their press? It's a collective press. I remember in the the game against Atlanta in Columbus, the third game, when you know the game was as good as over. And I remember 
I remember Columbus, I think there was maybe two or three minutes to go. And I think it was Wiley picked up the ball. All of a sudden, there was four Columbus players around him. And you're like, okay, like from the outside looking in, you're thinking this is an incredibly fit team. But you have to dig a little bit deeper there because what you're doing with a team like Columbus that dominate possession, when you have the ball, that's when you're getting the other team to run around. So if you're a team like Columbus and you're saying, okay, well, we'll dominate the ball, we'll have 50, 60, 70% possession, that means that the other team are having to having to do a lot of running, having to do a lot of running. Because the one thing you don't want to do when you play against Columbus, you can't allow them to build out from the back. Right. So even though you're not going to dominate possession against them, you also have to press. You have to press them because if they get through then the way that they can play, they're not a team where you can say, okay, you know what? We can allow them to have the ball until 25, 30 yards out, then we'll go to work. Because they have so many different ways of doing it, whether it be Nagby joining in, whether it be Cucho ending up as a false number nine with Rossi and Matan getting beyond them, whether it be Farsi and Marrera down the right-hand side connecting or Yaboa down the left-hand side. They're very, very difficult to stop. So then what you're doing, you're realising that you're not going to have much ball against them, but you're also realising that you've got to press with intensity. So it's common sense that the team that has to press with intensity isn't having as much as the ball. They're going to tire before Columbus do. And that's something that when you look at this Columbus team, yes, they are risk and reward, but they all understand and they all have the belief in what Wilfred Nance is doing and every single one of them's bought into it. So this matchup is so fascinating to me because LAFC in the past, and we go back to the Bob Bradley days with LAFC, my question was always, are they good enough defensively? Do they Mm. have enough of that grit in the middle of the park to get results in these kinds of games? And ultimately, they didn't. Steve Terundolo has flipped the script completely, especially here in the postseason. They don't really care about having the ball too much. They want it in the right spots. They want to set up that counter. How does that play out against Columbus in your mind? This is what makes the game fascinating because as you've quite rightly said, you know, they they went to Seattle, got an incredible result there, 1-0, and then were happy and comfortable defending. Um, then they play Houston in the conference final, a game that I was fortunate enough to cover, and they were comfortable then sitting back. But what they what they did, and this is this is why I think this matchup is really, really interesting. You look at LAFC, in particular playing at home, and you're thinking to yourself, well. You have Buanga, you have Vela, you have Oliveira, you're going to have Tillman probably joining in. Your two fullbacks are going to join in. Vela's going to play as the false number nine. Vela was caught offside, I think, three times in the first half against right. Houston. He'd o- he'd only ever been caught out, caught offside twice in any one game in 90 minutes. So Vela changed his game. He realised that Houston were going to play with a high line. So he realized that he didn't need to drop. The space was going to be in behind. Now, Houston love to dominate the midfield area. We know what they're capable of. You know, when you have players like Herrera, Artur, Karaskia, those three want to want to, want to to control midfield. Then you bring Bassi into it. All of a sudden, you're getting a 4v3 against you. So my mindset was, was going into the game, was thinking, right, okay, how are LAFC going to deal with this? Well, we're used to seeing Palacios and Hollings had been very attack-minded fullbacks. That wasn't the case in this game. They were happy to sit, so they always had five. They always had five behind the ball. They had the back four and Ilié, mm-hmm. and then what they said to Buanga, Vela, Oliveira, Tillman, and Acosta to a certain extent: "You can go and press." 
So even when Houston broke that initial press, those five players that were pressing then came and dropped back behind the ball. And, you know, Griffin Dorsey, who's been magnificent ever since League's Cup, he was he was sort of nullified because he never got beyond Palacios in the left-back position because he was happy to sit back. That left Buanga in space then because we knew that Griffin Dorsey had to had to go forward. It wasn't one of Buanga's better games, but that tells you a lot about LAFC. They can win without him being at his best. So if you're looking ahead to MLS Cup, I'm probably going to go ahead and say that you're going to see possession-wise, probably Columbus, 60-65% possession. LAFC potentially going to set traps. Um, pressing high initially, if that press is broken, I would expect them to then drop back, allow the wing-backs of Columbus to come forward, and then try and take advantage of the spaces in behind them with the likes of Boanga and Oliveira and, and Vela just being a constant nuisance at times without even touching the ball due to his movement. And like I say, I don't think you could have asked for a better MLS Cup matchup with these two teams because you have two managers that look at the game and it's not a case of if plan A isn't better. It's, sorry, if plan A isn't working well, our aim is then to do plan A better. It's not that they have a plan A, they have a plan B and they have a plan C as well. And there's going to be so many different things that are going to stand out in this game, so many technical and tactical intricacies that are just going to make this game so fascinating. I think what's so interesting about it is that plan A, B, C, D, you're not completely changing your identity when you make those tweaks. And that's what's so strong about these two teams. It's not, you know, Columbus saying all of a sudden, ah, we're fine without having the ball. We'll let LAFC have it. They're not going to do that. We know that. They'll change. Maybe Marrera doesn't go as high. Maybe it'll be Amundsen. There's little things they can do. The Ramirez factor coming in off the bench and giving them that that true number nine as the pivot up top. It, it's a fascinating matchup. I guess my my last question for you about it mm. is, does LAFC, was there anything they can learn from what Atlanta United did when they beat Columbus the last time Columbus lost at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Was there anything there that LAFC can replicate in your mind? I think it's that initial press. Because if you go back to that that second game in Atlanta, I think the intensity of Atlanta's play didn't allow Columbus to get into their stride. Because if you go if you go to the the first game, um, let me get this right. Columbus won the first game two 0 was it? I think it was, Correct. wasn't it? Yeah. The intensity wasn't there from Atlanta. Atlanta went to Columbus, and they played. Let me get this right. They played with a back three, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, without they played, Almada, they played yes. a little bit deeper. And and it wasn't even a back three, it was like a five-four-one. And they weren't able to 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 get any rhythm against this Columbus team. Whereas then it goes back to Atlanta and the pressing started from the front with Yakumakis and the players around him, everybody else joined in. So when you're LAFC, I think you probably look at those games and think, right, okay, this is how we have to go about it. But you also have to remember that Columbus. You know, yes, they went to Orlando and, and won in the playoffs away from home, but their home form is very, very different to their away form throughout this season. So I think they have to obviously be very aware of that. But I think what you'll see is an LAFC, an LAFC team that will allow Columbus to make that first pass from the back. Then there'll be, there'll be a press. Someone will set the press. It might be a specific player that picks the ball up for Columbus and then, right, OK, we go. If that press is beaten, 
forget about the press, get back behind the ball, so then you're still in your shape. That would be what I would imagine LAFC would take from it. But also, what you've just said then is very true when you talk about the plan A, B, C, and D, and, and even onwards uh, from the way that they're able to win games, is that we know that LAFC aren't going to venture from the 4-3-3. We know that Columbus aren't going to venture from the 3-4-1-2. But within those systems, there are different things you can ask from players. So from LAFC, you can allow both fullbacks to go forward at the same time. You can allow one to go, or as they did against Houston, let's look on the defensive side and see. You can look at the midfield and say, right, we're going to have one that goes in Tillman and the other two are going to sit. You can have... Vela, who you can get to play as a false number nine or stretch the game. You've got Oliveira and Boanga, who are very, very good at getting inside the fullbacks, but they can also stay on the outside of them. And then you look at Columbus. We know what they're like. Marrera and Farsi, they can double up on the right-hand side. Amundsen and Yeboah are the same thing. Morris or Nagby can go forward. You've got Cucho, who has the ability to play on the left-hand side, where he loves to drift in on his right foot, play as a false nine, allowing Rossi and Matan to get more advanced, at times, Rossi and Matan could go out wide to help the wing-backs, but it's all within those two systems. It's Their systems are set in stone, but the systems aren't rigid as in terms of the flexibility they have in the systems. And that's why it's really important when you look at the start of the game, who's going to control the game? Now, just because you don't have the ball, you can control the game without the ball. And the way you control the game without the ball is allowing the opposition where you want them to go. Mm-hmm. The way you control the the way you control the game in possession is you dictating the tempo and going where you want to go. So it's going to be interesting to see whether LAFC managed to gain control without the ball or whether Columbus control the game with the ball. I don't know if it'll have the drama that last year's MLS Cup final had, but I oh. think the quality of play, this might be the best one we ever see. I, I just think when you look at both teams, what always excites me about matchups is match winners. And I look at LAFC, they have Buanga, they have Vela, they have Oliveira. We've seen Hollingshead turn up big in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They have Crapo, who yeah, was absolutely say. magnificent in Seattle. His his comeback story is, is one for the ages. You know, you get sent off in MLS Cup last year and you end up getting an awful injury when you do get sent off. Your replacement comes in who used to play for the opposition, Philadelphia Union, becomes the MVP in a penalty shootout. Um, and then you look at Columbus, you've got Kucho, you've got Rossi, you've got Matan, you've got Nagby or you've got Morris. Um, it's it's fascinating. And then you've got players on the bench. You know, you look at you look at um at what Columbus did. You know, they bring Ramirez off the bench, they bring they bring Gressel off the bench. Ramirez, he's involved in the own goal. And if I'm not mistaken, Gressel put both the crosses into the box. So you've also got game changers off the bench. So there's strength and depth in both of these teams as well. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Like I say, I can't wait for it because I think as a neutral, I don't know whether it was possible to ask for a better MLS Cup that's going to that's going to come about at the weekend because there are just so many different ways in which both teams can win. Can't wait to see this Saturday, mm-hmm. 4 o'clock on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. And Danny, I got to end with you this way. On Atlanta Soccer tonight, the last segment's always the 3-4-3. It's three local stories, it's four headlines, and it's three things that make me smile about the game that, that we all love so much. 
I'm going to give you one of those three things that make you smile. What is something lately in the game that has just brought a smile to your face about what you do or about the game or about a game you've called or anything in, in regards to it? I think from, from my side of things is it, it wasn't really, I don't think, until after the Western Conference final where I was able to take a step back and realize how fortunate I am as, a, as an individual to do what I do to, to cover these games, um, to get to travel to the stadiums, to speak to people like yourself. And the one thing that I've realized, I think I knew it before this year, um, but it's a family and everybody wants to help each other. And, you know, speaking to yourself during the season, speaking to, to, to people from all different MLS clubs, that, that puts a constant smile on my face because I think there's a realisation that we're all in this together um, and our aim is to, to grow the sport over here. I've come from a country where football is the be-all and end-all. It's as simple as that. Nothing, nothing, nothing comes close. So, yeah, put, what puts a smile on my face? And I, I can't just give one specific moment, but what's put a smile on my face this season is just having that football conversation and then the funny side coming into that stories that will be be told and, and things like that, things that we can then take to, to our coverage, things that we can't take to the coverage, but they just, <laughs> <Some of that. laughs> they, yeah, they, they, they just make you smile. So it, it's been, it's been the constant communication with people like yourself that live and breathe MLS, that live and breathe a football team like Atlanta that's brought a smile to my face because it shows me how much passion there is within the game over here. So for me, it, it most certainly has to be that. And, you know, including yourself, the, the new friendships that I've created this year. So that's the one that constantly puts a smile on my face. That's for sure. Well, it always puts a smile on my face when we get to catch up about the game. Can't wait for 2024. It's been a great 2023 season. One more game to go. And then, I mean, it feels like it's, you know, in a couple of weeks that the 2024 <laughs> season starts, right? It'll be going again and I'll be giving you a call. See how things are going and everything like that, but but yeah, it will it will be here again before before we know it. And one thing is for sure, I think when I've not done it for a couple of weeks, I'll be like, I'm ready to get going again. I'm not sure the players will say the same because as a player, you enjoy that bit of a break. Um, but it's just it's been it's been another wonderful season. There's especially when it gets to the playoffs, expect the unexpected, and you know it, it can't ring any truer than what's happened this season. That's for sure. Danny, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. 343 coming up next, three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. The 343 next in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three. three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Y'all know how the show ends by now. It's the 343. Three local stories, four headlines. Three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Let's dig into it, and let's start on the local side. Atlanta United this week announced that they have picked up the transfer option on Shande Silva. He's also signed a new deal with the club through the 2025 season. Improving consistency is going to be the key for Shande Silva as he gets a full preseason with the team. Time to build chemistry with Saba Lobjanidza, with Yorgos Yakamakis, with Tiago Almada. And yes, we'll get back to Almada here in just a second. I, I thought Silva, when he was on, was outstanding for Atlanta United. But he was very up and down. And he kind of talked about that when he spoke to the media. Coming into the team in the the last portion of the schedule, I think he struggled physically at the very end. So when he can build his full fitness up and get this full preseason with the team, and I think just get back into a normal rhythm of a, of a season, it's going to help him a lot. Can't wait to see Sean De Silva in the red and black and gold of Atlanta United for a few more seasons. Now, speaking of Tiago Almada, he told ESPN in Argentina this week that he'd like to go to Europe in this upcoming January transfer window. This isn't news, and it's not a guarantee that a move happens ahead of this upcoming MLS season. An offer from a European club, it has to be for a substantial amount of money, likely in the 25 to $30 million range or even higher. The January window, it's a bit of a crapshoot in terms of who's willing to spend and how much they're willing to spend because it's mid-season for the European clubs. Injuries and, and other factors can create a, a team that wants to spend and wants to bring in players who can impact things straight away. Some clubs are in a position where they can start to look ahead. Others, not going to do as much business in the January window. They're going to look to do their business in the summer. Just buckle up when it comes to this transfer saga because when you have the Argentine media involved, you have a national team player, you have a U23 captain for the national team, Lots of factors are going to make this a very high-profile story. That's going to bring lots of different elements to it in terms of rumor and innuendo and flat-out lies. Buckle up, make sure you're following the right sources, and make sure you know where your sourcing is coming from when it comes to Tiago Almada conversations. Between now and when a transfer happens, which it will at some point. We, we knew this when he arrived, and it's going to happen. You just don't know when. 
Number two on the local side, the UPSL Georgia Premier Division Final will be on Saturday as KSA Pro Profile hosts Atlanta City FC. Jessica Charman and I will be on the call on the Atlantic Soccer Media Group YouTube channel on Saturday. Atlanta City, they upset the number two seed Atlanta United Academy team last Tuesday, went to extra time there. Then they went on to Dalton on Sunday and beat the number one seeded Dalton United and the defending champions Dalton United in a wild 4-3 win. There were four goals in stoppage time. It went into stoppage time 2-1 Atlanta City. They got a penalty. They stretched it all the way to 4-1. Dalton cut it back with two goals after that to get it to 4-3 with 10 men, and they had a couple chances to level the thing at 4-4 and send it to extra time. Wild game. Atlanta City pulled the upset. This is a fun team to watch. KSA, they've been there. They've done this before. Should be a great matchup on Saturday. Number three on the local side, Jordan Dudley. Her dream freshman year at Florida State concluded with a national championship last night as the Seminoles beat Stanford. Jordan was named the most outstanding offensive player of the College Cup. She earned the opening penalty and converted it to pace Florida State to a 2-0 lead. Stanford cut it to 2-1. Dudley then assisted on the next goal to restore Florida State's two-goal lead. They end up stretching it further in a 5-1 win. Dudley was the only freshman on the Missouri Athletic Club Herman Trophy semifinalist list. That's the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. That award will be given out in early January. Dudley finished her freshman season with 14 goals and 9 assists in 22 starts. She starred here locally at Cambridge High School and at the Youth Club UFA under Coach Iggy Malika before going to Florida State. She's also an all-region basketball player as well. Don't be surprised if she... uh, Tries to play a little bit of hoops for Florida State as well. She's got the ability to do it. Jordan Dudley with an incredible freshman year for the Seminoles. Headlines from around the world. Let's start in Manchester, England. We have more drama at Manchester United. This seems to happen on a yearly basis at this point. You had some reports of player unrest. Manchester United, in response, barred journalists from a pregame news conference with Eric Ten Hag today as the Dutchman spoke ahead of a big game tomorrow against Chelsea. He had been confronted with stories that his coaching methods had been called into question by parts of the locker room. Uh, United said in a statement, we're taking action against a number of news organizations today, not for publishing stories we don't like, but for doing so without contacting us first to give us the opportunity to comment, challenge, or contextualize. Okay, I don't know how long these organizations are going to be banned. Never really a good look. Doesn't ever really go the way that you think it will. Um, This is a huge game against Chelsea tomorrow. Ten Hag says that his squad remains united. I don't think his job is in question, but he has not built on his first season in charge. He got Manchester United back to the Champions League, won the League's Cup. Ah, I don't know where this goes. I feel like we've seen this play out with every Manchester United manager since Sir Alex Ferguson. There's big issues at the club that go a lot deeper than the manager. You have players consistently leaking information to the media. You have this backstabbing element somewhere in the club and you have other issues just in terms of of building cohesion and bringing players through and and lots of elements until all those things are solved rinse and repeat i'm afraid number two on the headlines the mls coaching carousel continues to spin now the chicago job that pony's off the market as the fire announced the return of frank klopas as their manager 
He was the interim for the remainder of 2023 after Ezra Hendrickson was let go. Local legend, he ended his career with the Chicago Fire as a player in 1998 and 1999, returned as manager in 2011 through 2013, moved on to Montreal after he was let go in Chicago, got to a CONCACAF Champions League final in 2015, didn't work out in the long term there, returned home to Chicago as a club ambassador, a commentator, and he joined the coaching staff as an assistant in 2020. So he's back in place in Chicago. Minnesota announced today that Sean McAuley will continue as the interim head coach going into the 2024 MLS season. Now, the reason why is newly appointed Chief Soccer Officer and Sporting Director Khaled El Ahmad He's going to arrive in Minnesota in January, so kind of pointless to hire a manager now who might not be who your new chief soccer officer wants. When he gets there, he'll determine the timing and lead the process of a new head coach hire, or he'll promote McCauley to the full-time head coach. We'll just have to wait and see. The D.C., Charlotte, New York Red Bulls, Montreal, and New England jobs are still open. Orlando kind of open. They have to re-up with Oscar Pereja or that job is fully on the market. Now, according to The Athletic, New England is considering Giovanni Savarese, formerly of Portland, Caleb Porter, formerly of a few places but last with Columbus, Robin Frazier, formerly of Colorado, Dom Kinnear, who is an assistant in Cincinnati, and Bob Bradley, formerly of Toronto. Those are your candidates in New England, and that kind of it's the New England Revolution job, right? They're not looking to completely tear it down and rebuild. They're looking to retool a little bit. Headlines number three, Luis Suarez. Inter-Miami's finalizing a deal to sign him to a one-year contract, according to the Miami Herald's Michelle Kaufman. She reports it could be a TAM deal, although most would expect it to be a designated player deal. Now, there's been rumors about MLS adding a fourth designated player for teams to use. That is not official. Maybe we'll we'll get a question about that in Don Garber, the commissioner, his State of the League address ahead of MLS Cup this weekend. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you're going to get Suarez on a TAM deal, which would limit him to a little over $2 million per year. Maybe. I don't know. Um, also, keep in mind with Suarez, he played 53 games in 2023 in the calendar year for Grêmio in Brazil. Even though he's dealing with a knee cartilage issue that causes him a lot of pain, required injections to be able to play, as Suarez told Uruguayan Radio this week. Number four in the headlines, Greek referees and match officials today announced that they would not officiate any Greek Super League matches starting from the weekend in protest at what they say are dangerous working conditions. Greek football has had a ton of crowd issues. There's been allegations of corruption, match fixing, tons of discontent among the fan bases. Attendances have dwindled in the Greek Super League. Referees are often the target of violent attacks by fans. Some have had their homes and vehicles torched. Last month, Athens referee Andreas Gamaris, he had his shop firebombed. These are issues in the game, and Greece isn't the only country that's dealing with some of this. These are things that have to get resolved, and I am incredibly thankful that we have not seen these things creep into the game here in the United States. Now, three things quickly that make me smile about the game. Mentioned Shande Silva earlier. Number one, just his joy on the field, his celebrations. He's a really good guy. The fun he has with the game and in the game, it's contagious. I'm looking forward to lots of celebrations in 2024. Maybe avoiding the yellow cards for the celebrations, though. That might be a good move. 
Number two, personally, I can't wait for next summer's Copa America. Getting Argentina to Atlanta for the first time ever. Getting the U.S. men's national team to Atlanta for only the fourth time. That's going to go up once the Federation is based here. Those are the two national teams that I've watched the most in my lifetime. The two that I'm most emotionally invested in. I can't wait. Awesome to have them here in town. Wish we had more games, but the calendar doesn't work out that way. So Atlanta getting Argentina, getting the United States. Going to be a lot of fun next summer for the Copa America. And number three, you heard Danny Higginbotham's contribution to the section earlier. I'll echo it. It's been great getting to know folks all throughout this season and over previous seasons as well, all over the league, just talking soccer with them during the week when we get to stadiums. 2023 has been a great year for this. There's two great radio commentators on the call in Columbus for MLS Cup. Chris Duran, his Columbus crew hosting Dave Denholm's LAFC. I'm rooting for both of them to have great calls on Sunday in MLS Cup. I'm picking Columbus to get the win, though. We'll see how it goes. Going to be a fun one on Saturday at 4 o'clock. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you to my guests, Kevin Egan and Danny Higginbotham from Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. AST will be back next Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.